these declarations that we're talking about today are not where we are at in our walk with God, but where we expect to be. So if we declare every day that I am slow to speak, I'm quick to hear, and I'm slow to anger, if I continue to do that, it will come to pass in my life because the Word of God is alive. Look at your neighbor and say, it's alive. You know, you can read a love story, and you just read it, and it's done. But the Word of God is creative. And the word of God has power and it is alive. So therefore, if I speak the word of God and I speak these things into my life, then I can become a successful Christian. That's what I want to be as a successful Christian. I don't want to be a successful pastor. Well, I would do like to be, but my main goal is not to be a successful pastor. My main goal is to be a successful Christian. Because if I'm a successful Christian, then that will cover other areas of my life. Amen? So I am slow to speak, I am quick to hear, and I am slow to anger. Well, let's begin our journey today. And Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 13, I thought we'd start out with this. To everything there is a season, this is in the Amplified, and a time for every matter or purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silent and a time to speak. How about that? A time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. There are times when you have to take on the warrior spirit. Amen. And then there are times when you have to hand out the olive branch. What profit remains for the worker from his toil? I have seen the painful labor and exertion and miserable business which God has given to the sons of man with which to exercise and busy themselves. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He also has planted eternity in men's hearts and minds. God has planted eternity in our hearts and our minds. Amen? A divinely implanted sense of a purpose working through the ages which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. There's an old, old song that says, Only Jesus can satisfy your soul, and it is so true. Only Jesus can satisfy your soul. We get things and stuff because we think it's going to make us happy. And once the newness is wore off, then we're not happy with it. We have to have something else. That's why there are men making gazillions of dollars on storage units because people think that things are going to make them happy. Things aren't going to make you happy. It will for a little bit, but once the novelty is gone, the thing is old, it's thrown in the corner. Why buy toys at Christmas? Give them milk jugs and boxes. They like them better. They brought in a big piece of cardboard the other day and they needed other cardboard and duct tape. They were building a skateboard park. But that stuff just ends up in a storage shed. So stuff doesn't make us happy. We think money will make us happy. 
But do you know how many millionaires died depressed? And you know how many funny men and funny women, comedians, died depressed because their humor is actually a cover-up for the loneliness and the hurt and the depression inside. Only Jesus is going to satisfy that eternal implant in our lives. God alone can satisfy that. People will let you down. Friends will let you down. Family will let you down. You know, somebody told me just, just today that, you know, they talked to their family and their family let them down. Guess what? This right in here, church people can actually become closer-knit family to you than even natural family. Really, we can. You get more fun out of your brothers and sisters in the Lord a lot of times than you do your natural brothers and sisters. Yet so that men cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I know that there is nothing better for them than to be glad and to get and to get good as long as they live. Just be happy with what you got and quit griping. That's what that's saying. Don't want what your neighbor has because if you had it, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want it anyway. And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all of his labor. Why? It is the gift of God. God has planted you where you're at. Enjoy it. God has blessed you accordingly. Enjoy it. Because godliness and contentment, right, is great gain. Amen. Being happy in the Lord. Now let's go to slow to speak. Here we go. Suffer not thy mouth to cause thy flesh to sin, neither say thou before the angel that it was an error. Wherefore should God be angry at thy voice and destroy the work of thine hands? Let's see what that really means. Do not allow your mouth to cause your body to sin. The New Living says in Ecclesiastes 5, 6, In such cases your mouth is making you sin. Slow to speak. Please observe speed limit signs when you think you're going to talk. I'm preaching to myself. Once you say something, you can't get it back. Maybe you didn't hear that one. Maybe you felt it more. So when you say something, your mouth is making you sin and you can't get out of it. So be very careful. Weigh what you're going to say. Weigh the tone you're going to use. Weigh how you're going to say it. Weigh who you're going to say it to. Keep your mouth shut. Sometimes it's better to just keep your mouth shut and be thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. Okay, let's continue on. This is going to be a great declaration today. Proverbs 4.24 Put away perversity from your mouth. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. The English version says, Never say anything that isn't true. Have nothing to do with lies and misleading words. And you know, we like to, when we like to tell somebody we told somebody else off, we like to tell them things that didn't really happen because it makes us feel bigger. Please, do not exaggerate. Do not lie. Keep it to yourself. This is just basic Bible teaching. That's all it is. This is what, you will be surprised what the Bible talks about. You get into Ecclesiastes or into Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy and you start looking at the law of Moses and what all God told Moses to talk about. Man, there is some stuff in there that will blow your mind. But the Bible is our road map and it is our guide. So, put perversity away from your mouth and stop lying. A man shall be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. 
you're going to reap what you say. The New Living Translation of Proverbs 12, 14 says, People can get many good things by the words they say. The work of their hands also gives them many benefits. If you walk in here week after week and you're grouchy and mean and hateful to everybody, nobody's going to want to be around you. If you want to be vinegar, how many people you think you're going to attract? You can't even attract flies with vinegar. But you pour some sugar water out and you watch how many flies come to your nest. The fruit of your mouth, the things you say. If you speak negative, you will think negative, you will live negative. If you speak positive, you will live positive, you will have a positive mind. Amen? Watch what comes out of your mouth. That's why I am slow to speak. A lot of times somebody may want to come to you and they need an answer for something. Guess what? There is no law in the universe that says you have to give them an answer right away. There may be a time when you somebody may come and ask you something and you may have to say, let me think about this and I will get back with you. And then you think about it and the more you think about it, the words that you were going to say initially were the very wrong words to say after you have thought about it. So engage your brain before you talk. It's all right. Proverbs 13, 3. The King James says, He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life, but he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. In the Amplified, Proverbs 13, 3 says, He who guards his mouth keeps his life, but he who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. Be careful, today's English version, be careful what you say and protect your life. A careless talker destroys himself. And then you're going to wonder why I don't have any friends and why nobody calls me and why nobody cares about me. It might be because a careless talker has done destroyed himself. That's why somebody asked the question, why did God choose tongues as the initial sign of receiving the Holy Ghost. Because if you go to James, you will find out that there is one member of the body that is so hard to control. And it's not your hands, and it's not your nose, and it's not your ears. It's your tongue. So you know what happens when you receive the Holy Ghost? The last thing that man cannot control, the tongue... The last thing that man cannot contain, the tongue, is what God says. When I put my spirit in you, I'm going to show you that I can be sovereign over every part of your body, even the part that you can't even control yourself. Let God work on your language. The things I used to say, I don't say them anymore. The things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. The places I used to go, I don't go there anymore. That's what God is doing in our lives. Your speech. Let God work on your speech. Let God mingle your speech with His love and His grace and His mercy. And remember this, the person that you want to tell off, the person you want to tell off, there's somebody right down the line in your life that wants to tell you off too. Stick to the issues. Learn how I am slow to speak. That's my declaration. I am slow to speak. Psalm 85, 8 says, I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace unto his people and to his saints, but let them not turn again to folly. I will hear. You're going to like some of the scriptures in, in this little series here. I will hear. 
You cannot hear when your mouth is open. You cannot hear how bad somebody else has it while you're telling them how bad you've had it. Proverbs 1.5 A wise man will hear and will increase learning. And a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. The first thing that a wise man does is he listens. He hears. The New Living Translation says this, Let those who are wise listen to these proverbs and become even wiser. Let me give you a little suggestion here. If you have a different version of the Bible, a new uh, NIV, a New International Version, or an Amplified, go through the book of Proverbs. You will be surprised what you will discover in a different version compared with just the King James. It brings a lot of things to light here. Let those who are wise listen to these proverbs and become even wiser. So one of the first steps to gaining knowledge and wisdom is listening. When you come into school, into class, what does the teacher have to do in order to begin to teach you understanding? Get you to shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Open up your ears. Okay, let's go. Ecclesiastes 5.1 As you enter the house of God, keep your ears open and your mouth shut. You didn't know the Bible said it like that, did you? When you come in here, shut up and listen. So when you come to the house of God, keep your ears open and your mouth shut. Don't be a fool who doesn't realize that mindless offerings to God are evil. Now isn't that something? Promises made to God that you didn't take and think through are evil, the Bible says. Well, Lord, I'm going to come every Sunday and I'll be faithful and we don't see you again for 18 months. Hey, it's God. Don't play games with God. You can do that to the preacher, but don't do it with God. Ecclesiastes 7.5 It is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the song of fools. That's in the King James. The Amplified breaks it down like this. It is better for a man to hear the rebuke of the wise than to hear the song of fools. Listen to what people are trying to tell you. They ask Henry Ford, what was the secret of his success? Because, you know, Ford Motor Company was the first, motor, the first car manufacturer that was able to assembly line manufacture cars, therefore making it possible for the masses to have cars. And they asked Henry Ford, what was his success? He said, I surrounded myself with men who were was smarter than I was. What was he saying? I am surrounding myself with people who in areas that I am weak, they are stronger. And together we are doing this and look what happened to Ford Motor Company. The F-150, 31 years, a bestseller. So you surround yourself. I want to be like such and such. Surround yourself by those type of people. If you want to be a Christian, you come to where Christians are and you get surrounded by them. If you want to be successful Christians, you find successful people that are living the Christian walk. So when you come into church, shut up and listen. Ecclesiastes 12, 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Now this is what Solomon said. In the Amplified, as all has been heard, the end of the matter is, fear God, revere and worship Him knowing that He is, and keep His commandments, 
For this is the whole of man, the full, the original purpose of his creation. The original purpose of our creation was to fear God and keep his commandments. Let me go a little bit clearer. The real purpose for us being here in life is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ and to walk with his commandments, the word of God. The foundation of all happiness, that's where you're going to find happiness. The foundation of all happiness, the adjustment to all in harmonious circumstances and conditions under the sun and the whole duty for every man. You want to be happy? Get Jesus. Real men love Jesus. Real men love Jesus. Anger. You're going to miss lunch on this one. This is long. Now listen, folks. I took just briefly scriptures. I mean, I could have been here for days making sermons and scripture slides days on end you would not believe all the scriptures that it talks about keep your mouth shut and listen for a while i am slow to speak i am quick to hear don't jump to conclusions or conclusions may jump back at you sometimes what you see is not always what's happened sometimes what you hear is not always what happened you only believe half of what you see and none of what you hear you can't get into a he said, she said deal because you can't, nobody can defend it. You don't ever know who's telling the truth. You don't know if you're dealing with a pathological liar. You might as well just trust God, keep your mouth shut, listen for his commands, walk in him, surround yourself with successful people that are doing what you want to do. Well, I want to be clean from drugs and alcohol. Then jump in the circle where the people are clean from drugs and alcohol. I want to be free from anger. Then jump in the circle with the people who are free from anger. I want to love people and I want people to love me. Then jump in the circle of love. Proverbs 14, 16, and 17 says, A wise man feareth and departeth from evil, but the fool rageth and is confident. He that is soon angry dealeth foolishly, and a man of wicked devices is hated. He that is angry quickly is foolish. Well, you don't know the size fuse I've got. Let's go to Walmart and buy a longer one. Well, I've got a bad temper, and we like to, we like to pride ourselves in our temper. I have German on one side, and I have Irish on the other. Now, we figure that out. We like to say, well, you don't know. I mean, I was, I'm mad. I'm, re- I'm just ready to burn the place down. I was ready to do this. I was ready to do You know what? God doesn't care because a man who has uh, soon is angry is a fool. He deals foolishly. So you better get your anger under subjection. And what's going to have to happen? You're going to get mad, and then that's the only way to get the fuse longer is you get mad, but you refuse to light the fuse. You learn patience and you learn long suffering and you learn not to tell everybody off that comes into your way. How long are you going to go before you blow? And that's when the patience comes in. How many of you ever prayed for patience? How many quit praying just shortly after that? I prayed one time, God, give me patience. And I mean, the next week and a half was crazy. Went down and I said, I would like to retract that last prayer on patience if I could. Lord, I want to be more like you. You ever prayed that one? And then people start rejecting you and they don't even know you and all this happens. They want to put nails in your hands and your feet and you want to retract that one too. But God is going to allow those situations that will cause that anger to spark and then he's going to say, no, you got to learn how to control it. You've got to get a hold of it. You just can't let your mouth fly like your mouth used to fly. You just can't let your anger go like it used to be angry. You just got to get a hold of it. A wise man fears the Lord and shuns evil, but a fool is hot-headed and reckless.
How many of you knew that was in there? But a quick, a quick-tempered man does foolish things, and a crafty man is hated. Wow! A fool is hot-headed and reckless. A quick-tempered man does foolish things. You know what? You can be angry and get your point across and not be foolish. You can be steadfast and firm and not make a donkey out of yourself. But you can learn to control it and still get your point across. Be firm, but don't be foolish. Proverbs 14, 16, and 17 in the Amplified says, A wise man suspects danger and cautiously avoids evil, but the fool bears himself insolently and is presumptuously confident. He who foams up quickly. How about that for some rendering? He who foams up quickly and flies into a passion deals foolishly and a man of wicked plots and plans is hated. Stop foaming up. There are times in our lives where we have to just get control of ourselves. You know what? There are things that happen to us that are not fair. Yes, there are things in our lives that we were wronged. Yes. We probably have every right in the world to take revenge. But remember, the Lord said, Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. God is keeping score. Look at your neighbor and say, God's keeping score. God's keeping score. He knows what's going on. He knows the end from the beginning. And if He knows all of His end from the beginning, He knows our end from our beginning. So God is keeping score and God is handling the situation. Stop foaming up. Some of us get mad and we look like a snail with a half pound of salt on us. Don't fly into a passion and deal foolishly. Listen, if we're all here on a Friday night and we're having fellowship and somebody gets mad at somebody else and goes, foams up and go, deals, goes into a passion, most of us are going to be embarrassed. You may not be while you're being a fool, but as you cool down, you're going to think, boy, I shouldn't have foamed up like that. I can hear it now on the way home. Husband's going to look at a wife. Somebody's going to look at Hey, that's a foaming spirit. An angry man stirreth up strife, Proverbs 29, 22, and 23. And a furious man aboundeth in transgression. A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. In the NIV, Proverbs 29, 22 says this, An angry man stirs up dissension, and a hot-tempered one commits many sins. A man's pride brings him low, but a man of lowly spirit gains honor. An angry man stirs up dissension. I'm going to bring in a bunch of stirring sticks one of these days. I'm going to preach about dropping the stick. You know what? Put the stick down. Drop the stick. It's not worth it. It's not worth it to keep dragging stuff up from 15 years ago. Just drop it and let it go. It's just going to cause trouble. Somebody has to be wise enough to keep their mouth shut. The problem is, is pride, because a man's pride shall bring him low, but a man lowly of spirit gains honor. All right, let's go on. People with quick tempers cause a lot of quarreling and trouble. That's today's English version. Arrogance will bring your downfall. But if you are humble, you will be respected. And the New Living says it like this. A hot-tempered person starts fights. I can't even take the time nor the oxygen to go any clearer than that. A hot-tempered person starts fights and gets into all kinds of sin pride ends in humiliation while humility brings honor be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry ecclesiastes 7 9 and 10 for anger resteth in the bosom of fools say not thou what is the cause that the former days were better than these for thou dost not inquire wisely concerning this now this is very interesting 
How many of you want the good old days back? Gas, a buck and a quarter a gallon. Amplified says, Do not be quick in spirit to be angry or vexed, for anger and vexation lodge in the bosom of fools. Do not say, Where were the old days? Uh, why were the old days better than these? For it is not wise or because of wisdom that you ask this. Guess what? You're living in the best time that you're living in. Because six months from now, you look back at the day and say, That was good old days. Six years from now, you say, Those are the good old days. When we were running 500 people, we're going to look back and say when we had 65, those were the good old days. And then when we're running 1,000, we look back at 500 and say, hey, those are good days too. It's all good days because the days are a gift from the Lord. They are our life. It is a chance to walk with Him. Amen. Let's go. Don't be quick-tempered, for anger is a friend of fools. New Living Translation. Don't long for the good old days, for you don't know whether they were any better than today. There were troubles back in the good old days that you just forgot about. People come to me and they say, they start to tell me their life situation. And I mean, some of us, you're going to need a track hoe to get out of some of the junkyards we got going. We got so much junk. Well, how you do it? One scoop of junk at a time. How do you eat an elephant? Oh, listen, you guys are sharp. You remember the lesson. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Elephants are big. Elephants are large. But one bite at a time, you eat them, and you can eat the whole elephant. But all those troubles in your life, from the good old days, from way back, the only way you're going to fix them is one step at a time, one day at a time, one pile of trash at a time. The Today's English version, keep your temper under control. It is foolish to harbor a grudge. Grudges will kill you. Grudges and unforgiveness will remove the power of God off of your lives. You have to learn how to forgive. Well, they did me wrong. Yes, learn how to forgive them. Do you think it was right when they put the innocent man on the cross and drove the nails into his wrist and into his feet? No, it wasn't right. Was it right when they brought false witnesses and lied about everything that he did? He went about doing good and healing all manner of diseases, and they lied about that. That wasn't right either. But you know what he said in his last dying moments? Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. That's what we have to do. I want to be like you, Lord. Oh, Jesus, please make me be more like you, Lord. Well, when they done wrong to you, you just forgive them, you bless them, and, hey, pray for them. That's all you can do. Don't hold a grudge. Never ask, oh, where were things, why, oh, why were things so much better in the old days? That's not an intelligent question. That's what the book says. Ephesians 4, 26, 27. Be ye angry and sin not. Now, you know what? It's legal to be angry. You can be mad. Jesus got mad. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Now, you're gonna like, this is an interesting scripture here. Watch this. When angry, Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 in the Amplified, do not sin. Do not ever let your wrath, your, ex, your expiration, your fury or indignation last until the sun goes down. Leave no such room or foothold for the devil. Give no opportunity to him. Let me give you a little marriage class here, all right? Do not go to sleep and to bed mad at your spouse. I don't care if she's made you so mad. I don't care if she was wrong and you were 100% right. Do not go to sleep mad at each other. Why? Because you're going to leave room for the devil. Because if you go to sleep mad, you got a chance of waking up mad. 
and you get that little splinter in your finger and it may just hurt when it first goes in for a while, but as long as it stays in there, the sore and the more festered it gets. And I have heard of people who have died from splinter injuries. Don't let that little splinter of anger get in your marriage relationship and let it fester and fester and fester because don't leave the devil any opportunity. Now, let's take that out of marriage. Let's take that to here. You know what? As we grow, there's different personalities here and there's different people. And you know what? You're going to think something is more important than I may think something is more important. And vice versa. Don't give any room to the devil. When we're running 100 people, we still got to walk in unity. When we're running 500, we still got to walk in unity. When it comes down to where are we going to go when this building's too small, some of us may not like the field we're going to be in. Maybe raining too much. We might have to meet under an overpass somewhere. Guess what? Let's don't fight over the overpass. Let's just all show up and have a good time. We get a new building. Somebody might want orange carpet to go retro days. Avocado appliances in the base, in the kitchen. You know what I'm saying? We may want a basement. We may not want a basement. We may want an elevator. We may not want an elevator. You see what I'm saying? We may want purple carpet. We may want brown chairs. We may want steeples. We may not want steeples. Don't worry about it. Let's walk together. Don't give any place to the devil. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Okay, next one, John. Listen to this. Same scripture, different translation. And don't sin by letting anger gain control over you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a mighty foothold to the devil. And the last thing you want to do in your marital relationship and the last thing we want to do in this church relationship as the family of God here in Vandalia, the last thing we want to do is give the devil any foothold. We fight him enough without having to fight him through each other. Your spouse fights the devil enough without you having to be the devil too. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. I am slow to speak, quick to hear, slow to anger.